Welcome to Mind Your Business. I'm your host, Stephen Meadows. I know it's been a while since I've released any new content, and I apologize for that, but I am hoping to get back into a decent cadence of releasing new episodes. I really have missed podcasting, and I hope you guys have missed hearing from me. Um, I'm changing up the format a little bit, so I've decided to be a little more timely with some of my topics. And so I'm going to be looking at different real estate news sources and sort of using them as inspiration for my topics. So today I want to talk a little bit about an article that I recently came across in Inman. So for those of you who don't know, Inman.com is pretty much kind of the go-to for real estate news. Some of it's a little clickbaity, but it does have some good content. So uh, Inman will be one of the sources that I'm going to be mining uh, for inspiration. And I will be dropping the links to these articles in the description of the episode so that you can read the full articles yourself. I'm not just going to read the articles uh, to you. I'm not even going to hit all of the high points. I don't want to spoil the read, Um, but I am going to touch on some of the points and expound a little bit on my own. So The article that I recently came across is Five Harsh Realities uh, Independent Real Estate Brokerages Will Face in 2022. So it's it's interesting to to use the term independent brokerages. That's not a term that I generally used only because of my background in franchise sales. So as you probably know, I did sell real estate franchises for a time in my career, and I am working for a real estate franchise now. I have worked for the franchise brand on a national level with Coal Banker, and I now help run a Coal Banker affiliate. Uh, so we are a franchise company. We never really referred to unaffiliated companies as independent. We, have, we refer to them as unaffiliated In real estate, there are two types of companies. There are unaffiliated companies. There are affiliated companies. Affiliated companies being ones who have joined a franchise. So they get the benefit of a larger framework, and they generally come with some built-in support. Unaffiliated companies or independent brokerages don't really have those support structures. Now, Some of the largest companies in the country are independent or unaffiliated companies. I worked for one, Crylike Realtors in Tennessee. They're one of the largest brokerages in the country, and they are unaffiliated. But they're basically their own brand, and they do franchising now. So they sell franchises of their own. But they are an unaffiliated brand on a national level. They They don't pay royalties to any other overarching organization. So it kind of is interesting. Some of these points in the Inman article reference, you know, dangers or, or harsh realities that these indie, uh, for these indie companies are going to face, but really these are just things that every company is going to face. And you'll see what I mean, uh, in a second. So the first one is that a raging hot market eventually cools off. Duh. Um, not to knock Inman, but this is kind of obvious. And yeah, uh, you know, it is a, it is a reality. So it's a valid point. But that doesn't 
just apply to independent brokerages. That applies to us too. Uh, my brokerage has to also look at how the market is shifting and how the market is going to cool over the next however many quarters. I don't know if it'll be immediate. I don't know if we're just going to go into winter and not come out of it, as my uh, CEO likes to say. But eventually we will get back to an, a more normal market. Where I think the real danger of that is, it's not independent versus franchise models. It really is going to depend on the agents to some, to some extent. And there's really two sides to this coin. So there's the agent side and there's the brokerage side. On the agent side, I have a whole crop of new agents in the last few years that have never sold in a normal market, what we would consider normal. It's been this blazing hot market where you know a house sells in three days, multiple offers. They don't know what to do when the house doesn't sell. They don't know after two weeks, if there's no offers, they're panicking. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just, that was the normal course of business when I sold real estate full time. Uh, that's just, that's normal. Um, you have to market. You have to actually work now. So I think the agents are in for a rude awakening, but I think brokerages are in for a rude awakening as well. And I can tell you, I think a franchise model might have an edge when it comes to marketing listings. Uh, for instance, or in, in particular, Colville Banker, very strong listing-oriented franchise. The, the national brand is very seller-oriented, very listing-marketing-oriented. My company in particular, we're very good at marketing properties. So when the market shifts and the sellers are going to be on the market more than a couple of days, our value proposition becomes very important. How the property is positioned becomes very important. If your brokerage does not have access to certain tools that'll help you market those properties, you're gonna start losing out on the opportunities. That could affect how your business functions. So in that respect, I do think the market shifting away from a seller's market is going to put a little bit of stress on an independent brokerage more than it would a, a traditional franchise model. Now, not, not all franchises are created equal. Not all of them are focused on marketing. Some are focused more on, on more gimmicky things. I'm not going to get into slamming other franchises, but let's just say the, to use a, a probably somewhat of a sexist term, when the market normalizes, it'll separate the men from the boys, as they say. Um, I, I think you're going to see the the market's going to thin out, not even not just from the agent perspective, but you're going to thin it out on the brokerage side too. And and one probably causes the other. When agents start to thin out, the brokerages start to fold up because they don't have the agent revenue to support their operations. So that was the first point from the Emin article. The next point talks about the health of the economy. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, I'm not an economist. I don't want to get into the whole 
the Fed and, and what they're doing and what they're not doing and, you know, how they've propped things up for a while and monetary policy and all that. I'm just, I'm not equipped to discuss that. All I can say is I had my best years in real estate during a down market, during a recession, when I sold foreclosures. So educate yourselves. That's going to be my piece of advice is if you feel like there's going to be a shift, make sure you educate yourself to where the shift is going. If you need to represent more buyers, then learn how to do that. If you need to get into foreclosures and short sales, learn how to do that. Get a accredited buyer representative representative designation, get the short sale foreclosure resource certificate from NAR. I have that. I was also an ABR at one point. They're great. So educate yourselves, be prepared for a market shift. That's all I'm going to say about the economy. Uh, the next point is another government uh, oversight, all that. Again, I'm not going to get into all that DOJ policy, blah, blah, blah. Number four, though, is uh, attracting and retaining talent. So right now, it's easy to get to get people to come work for you. I mean, everybody wants to get in real estate because you can make a million dollars without even trying, right? I mean, it's the easiest money in the whole wide world. Well, when the money doesn't quite flow as easily, people start to hesitate about getting into the business or if they're in the business and they're not making the kind of money they want, they're not going to stay in the business. So retention is going to become a problem and also finding good solid agents that are going to have longevity is going to be very difficult. Um, it's hard enough to find solid agents. I mean, it really is the 80-20 rule. You know, 20% of the agents are doing 80% of the business. So solid producers are already a rare breed. You can get a lot of mid-level and low-level producers, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with selling three or four houses a year and being perfectly happy with that production level. From a brokerage perspective, though, if that's what you're going to get, you need to you need to be really good at attracting those people. You need to be able to deliver the value that they need, and you need to be able to retain them. You don't want to be pulling them in the front door while they're going out the back door. So talent attraction and retention is going to be extremely important in 22 and beyond because we will start seeing the, the gap closing a little bit and people are not going to be getting into the business quite as much. I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. Um, we kind of get bloated. There's a lot of realtors out there. Everybody knows the competition is a little insane. Um, so we're, we're, Companies are going to have an edge, especially franchise companies, is training tools and systems. That is, I think, where hands down we win. That's not to say an independent brokerage can't compete, but that's where we do have a competitive edge is we have ready-made training tools and systems. The last point, Inman goes into some weird thing about how we basically are a threat to ourselves. Uh, they reference the NAR danger report. I have not read it. I have not read the source material, um, but I, I can see where they're coming from. Uh, brokerages do tend to, you know, we can tend to cannibalize each other and attack each other. Um, you know, just trade agents back and forth. Um, 
I think really what's going to help any brokerage is culture. Um, culture is honestly the glue that holds our company together. We have a fantastic culture uh, and, it, and it really helps. You know, uh, I think agents as an industry need to come together a little bit more and we need to unite on things like MLS and IDX policies and and things like that. It's where companies like Zillow and Realtor.com come in and start, you know, basically taking our information for free and selling it back to us. And then we're basically competing with each other to buy our own information back that we become sort of. Uh, I guess enemies, you could say. I don't like to use that term. I don't think we're enemies, but I do think that there is less cooperation than there used to be. I sound like an old man when I talk about back in the good old days. But 20 years ago, when I first got into the business, we sat across the table from each other. We worked it out. If there was a problem, the agents got together and we figured out how to make it work. We went to closings and everybody sat at the same table. There weren't fights and arguments. It wasn't a trying to get one over on somebody else. It was what's going to happen for the greater good of the transaction. What can we do to make the clients on both sides happy? I just don't think that's really the case anymore, but that's kind of a tangent. (laughs) I didn't really plan on going down that road, but uh, it's an interesting article. I recommend the read, especially if you are a brokerage owner. Um, you may be at a crossroads in your business where you've got to decide, you know, I've had some, I've had a couple of really great years. What's next? Am I able to continue the trends or do I need to look at what's next for my company? Maybe that next step is a merger. Maybe that next step is affiliation, or maybe that next step is just retooling how you're doing business. But I can tell you that for almost any company out there, franchise or independent, how you've been doing business for the last four or five years is not how you're going to continue to do business. Things are going to change. For some of us, the change is not going to be very dramatic because we just shift easily or we never really changed how we functioned. For some companies, and especially for the newer independent companies that have cropped up over the last few years, I think you're going to have a hard road to hoe. I think you're going to Prof, you're going to struggle with profitability and you're going to struggle with delivering services to your agents because things are going to get more expensive and agents are going to need more tools and services that you can't provide to them without really digging into the piggy bank. And if you have to pay to keep your own doors open, why are you in business? I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation. So great article. Again, I'm going to drop the link in the description, but the title is Five Harsh Realities Indies Will Face in 2022 and How to Combat Them. I didn't even get into all that. I gave a few opinions, but it's it's actually a very good read. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I enjoy this so much. So I would love to hear from you. If you've got any ideas, Um, feel free to shoot me an email, info at cmvbooks.com, or I'm going to put a link in the the, uh, show notes. If you want to leave a voice message with an idea for a topic, I would love to hear from you, and I will even include it in the episode. So thank you so much. 
get out there and make great choices.